good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here for our last week of Unshakable. Now, 11 o'clock, if you're here in Compass or True North, I'm really proud of you guys for getting out. I think the rain has slowed down a little bit, but for all of you sitting in your jammies watching online, you should be ashamed of yourselves, all right? You should be. You should be. You should be here with us, but we're really glad. Would you give yourselves a round of applause for getting out this morning? We're so glad that you did. It's a really lonely place when you're not here. It's really, really lonely, but we're really glad. I know everybody's ramping up for the Super Bowl tonight. Falcons aren't in it, which is a bummer. The Patriots are always in it, which is a bummer. How many, how many folks in here are going for the Eagles tonight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many of you are going for the Patriots? Oh, yeah. The people that everybody hates, all right? You're like, you really like them. You saw the bandwagon. But that ought to be a great game tonight. I'm a little partial to the Eagles right now. Only they did beat the Falcons easy all right and so they did beat the falcons but they have a i don't know if you follow them but they have a group of believers on their team that is really incredible carson wentz and trey burton and chris marigold and and uh, zach ertz and a whole group of guys that are just saying hey god's given us a platform we're going to tell about our our relationship with jesus it's pretty it's pretty awesome so that might get my my swing tonight if my team won though then the Falcons would win it every year, all right? And so it doesn't really matter, so you may not want me on your bandwagon. But anyways, we're really glad you're here today. We're gonna wrap up this series called Unshakable. The crazy part is you look around the room, it's a packed house here in Compass, and we have 50 North Star couples that are up in Greenville, South Carolina, finishing up the marriage retreat, and they started it a couple days ago. They're gonna flash the picture. That was a picture of them in the lobby yesterday, and uh, they're gonna be wrapping up this morning and driving back, and they've had a great time. Next year, great great opportunity to get away grow in your relationship with each other grow in your relationship with the lord and we'll be glad to have all those guys home now need you to be a favor take out your bibles second corinthians chapter four is where we've been over these past few weeks if you've got your little note card you got on the way in you can fill in the blanks on that if you've got the north star church app if you've not downloaded north star church georgia app all the notes are in the app. Everything you need to know about North Star announcements, special needs dance, Friday night's night to shine here at Tim Tebow Foundation. We'll be partnering with them. This, this place will be transformed into a prom. It's going to be awesome for these kids. Friday night, there's 110 kids registered Friday night, 300 volunteers, a couple hundred parents that are going to be here. This place is going to be wide open. But all that information is there and the notes for this morning. So today's your first day. We've been in a series over these past few weeks talking about how in the world do we build an unshakable faith the reality of life is we're all going to be shaken we're all going to walk through times we don't choose we don't want we don't ask for and they are going to shake us Paul who's writing this letter to this church at Corinth Paul had been through those things Paul had walked through those tough seasons. Paul had been through those times in his life that made him question, that made him doubt, that made him wonder. And now he's writing this as an encouragement to the church so they'll hold on, so they won't lose heart. We'll talk about it here in a second. So Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was bitten by snakes. Paul was stoned with rocks. All right, and so anyways, so I just, y'all don't know the whole story. I'm not presuming. We've all read our Bible this week, all right? And so Paul's been through an incredibly tough season in his life, and Paul wants us to know some things. Now, time out. 
For I read this. This is written to believers. If you're in here in this room and you go, man, Mike, I, I don't believe, then this will be an encouragement to you, but it doesn't fill in all the blanks for you. If you're in this room today and you say, Mike, I have a faith in Christ, I walk with Jesus, these words are for you. If you don't, man, you can, but, but it, it doesn't, it's not, this isn't like a, um, this isn't something that applies to all. This is written, so he wrote it to the church at Corinth who are believers. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to start reading in verse 16. So he's told us all these things. We're struck down, not destroyed. We're perplexed, we're, we're, but we're not driven to despair. And then he begins this by saying, so we do not lose what? Paul said there's going to be times in this life you're going to have the white flag in your pocket and you're, wanna go, you're going to want to wave the white flag. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with something with your health, something in your job. You are all going to have the white flag in your pocket at some point. And you want to take that flag out and go, all right, all right enough's enough. I can't, I can't take anymore. So Paul's saying all that we've been through I'm telling you these things so you don't lose heart. And it's like he grabs your chin and goes, and I know there's going to be times you're going to want to. There's going to be times for all of us that we want to. We're not immune. We aren't special, special and we're, we're set to the side. Paul said, so we don't lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed. Now, remember, we talked about this first week. When is it being renewed? Day by what? So salvation is a one-time deal. But our inner selves are being renewed day by day, meaning we're reminded daily of God's goodness. We're reminded daily of God's mercy. We're reminded daily God is what we need. He is renewing us day by day. It's a, salvation's a one-time transaction, yes. But growing in our salvation, growing in our faith is something that we will do for the rest of our journey. I met Christ at 14. I am not 14 anymore, all right? And so for all these years I've been walking the Lord, he's been renewing it day by day. Though our outer self, we'll talk about it more in a second, is wasting away, we're being renewed inwardly. Look at, look at what he goes on to say. For this light momentary affliction. Paul had been in prison. Paul had been shipwrecked. Paul had been beaten. Paul had been stoned. Paul had been flogged. It's interesting he would say for this light momentary affliction so what does that mean that means he's comparing it to something it's called perspective compared to that this is light and momentary for our light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient Here's time out. No matter how good life is, no matter how bad life is, what you see now will only be here momentarily. Scripture compares it to a vapor. Life's like a vapor. It's here one minute, it's gone the next. For what we see is not eternal, it is transient, it is passing, it is fleeting. 
but the things that are unseen are eternal. Time out. So today is really about getting our eyes on the things that are unseen as much as they are the things that are seen. But the things that are unseen are eternal, meaning they last forever. Would you pray with me? Now I'm going to make a presumption before you pray, and the presumption is you ran out of your house like I did out of mine this morning, grabbing raincoats and umbrellas and, and stuff to put on and I want to give you a second before we get into today to get your heart ready for what the Lord wants to say to you. We, we take a team on the field. We stretch before a game. We prepare. Before God speaks into your heart today through his word, would you ask him to stretch you? Would you ask him to speak to you? Would you? Just take a second. This is your, your time alone with God. I don't want to just hear Mike's voice. God, I want to hear your heart. Father, my prayer is this morning is that uh, you will find us where we are and point us in your direction. God, some of us are in the middle of a valley and we need your hand. God, some of us are on the top of a mountaintop. We don't want to lose sight of you. God, others of us haven't heard from you in so long. We forgot you were there. God, would you find us where we are this morning, grab our hand and get us out? And that is my prayer. God, your word speaks. God, may we hear. And that is my prayer. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So. Let me say this before we, before we start this morning. Little, little disclaimer, right? Here's the disclaimer. There's lots of parts of my job I love. I love, I love what I do. I love 99.9% I love .9 of it. What we're gonna talk about today is the point percent that I can't, I, I don't like. I wish I, could, I wish I could give it to somebody else to take care of. And that, that percent is when things happen, when sickness happens, and I get asked the question, where is God and why am I going through this and why did he pick me? And, and I, I can't resolve that tension for you. I, I hate that part of my job because there's just sometimes you walk through some things I wouldn't choose for you to have to walk through, but God does. But I would say in the same vein, it's during some of those times I would tell you that I've seen God do the most in people's lives that he couldn't do any other way. It's sort of a, I call it a tension that we walk in. What we're going to talk about today, all right, this is not how you fill churches up going, we're going to talk about when sickness happens, here's what you need to know. That's not how you fill a church up, all right? That's not, that's not something you put on a billboard and go, hey, everybody come, all right? We're going to talk about that. But the reality of it is it's something we all need to know. It's something we all need to face because it's going to come knocking at your door. Either your life or your family's life or somebody's life, it's, it's knocking. We wrote this series six months ago. I didn't know who was going through what six months ago. We were just doing life and 
planning out our series. We've got 52 weeks to fill every year. This was a series that God laid on our heart. But what we're going to talk about today is something that it's good to know. October 2016, I get a call. And this calls from a lady named Yvonne. So let me tell you who Yvonne is. Yvonne was a lady that worked with my mom at the bank. My mom was a banker, and she served at a bank 30-plus years. She trained Yvonne, and Yvonne uh, grew up, now does very well in the banking world. And so when my mom retired from banking, she asked Yvonne to help them manage all of the, the things that they had invested in and to help keep an eye on stuff so she's not in it every day. And that's a tall task now because my mom... My mom has all the answers. You know what I'm talking about? And so to fill in the blank on answers she's already got, that's a hard job. And so my mom had asked Yvonne to do that. And so randomly we would talk to Yvonne about different things. So just time out for grandparents. My, my parents, for my children, instead of buying them gifts every year, birthday and Christmas, they opened a 529 plan for them. And so they invested in that 529 plan. So when my kids got ready to go to college, there was a little money put away. So I would have to talk to Yvonne every now and then when I was accessing some of that money, which we were thankful to God that it was there for my kids. And so I would talk to Yvonne. October 2016, my phone rings, and it's Yvonne. And she said, um, hey, Mike, it's Yvonne. Great. I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm doing great. This is an awkward phone call. I'm okay. She said, have you ever sat down with your mom and dad and talked to them about their stuff, like their retirement stuff, their medicine? She said, do you know what medicines are on my mom? My mom at this time was 79. My dad was 82. She said, have you ever sat down? They're incredibly independent. Have you ever sat down and talked to them about that? No. Do you know where the their safe is in the house no do you know where the safety deposit box keys are no do you know did she feel like an awful son now and so she's asking me all these questions she evidently knows the answer to and I don't she said do you think your brother and sister do and I said I don't think and I'm texting Dave and Donna they're like we have it she said I strongly encourage you to sit down with your mom and dad and have this conversation I was like is something wrong and she said no I just think it'd be good for y'all to have, which I know that. I encourage people to do that. So I said, okay. So I call my mom and dad. Hey, I think we need to sit down and talk. That went over like a lead balloon, all right? And so these incredibly independent people going, well, what are you wanting my business for? And so we're having this. I'm like, look, it was Yvonne's idea. I'm throwing her under the bus at this point. And Yvonne told me, if y'all entrusted her, she told me too. So we go sit at my mom and dad's house and, and we sit there around the kitchen table. And I'm telling you, my so my mother her theory of life is you either hug it or dust it all right and so she was a hugger she didn't hug me that day when i came in it was a little chilly it's a little chilly in the old kitchen that day we all sat in i pull out my laptop it's like an official meeting it's awkward so awkward and i begin all right yvonne gives me a list of questions and we start going through them and i'm typing into evernote so i don't know if any of y'all use evernote it's a great little program to type into it so i type in evernote and i record all this stuff thinking well it's good to know it's good to have and that was in october i didn't know that in february my dad was gonna pass and my may my mom was gonna pass and let me tell you how valuable that information was. We wouldn't have known any, we didn't know anything. And how many times I looked back at, yesterday was one year from my dad's passing yesterday. October, they were healthy as horses. As bad as I needed that information, last spring I got from them, you need to know the things we're gonna talk about today. 
You need to know because there are knocks that come in our door we don't choose. Ready? Lesson number one. Here's what Paul wants us to know so we don't lose heart. I have a corrupted body that comes with no guarantees. I have a corrupted body that comes with no guarantees, though our outward self is wasting away. This tent is corruptible. And I want you to write a word out beside number one. Ready? And the word is common. That is common to everybody in this room. Whether you're a believer or unbeliever, that is common. Your outward, your outward shell is corruptible, meaning it disintegrates as you get older. It's corruptible. It's not your, what, what you have now as you get older is, is not getting better right? It's just not. We've covered that other weeks. It's not getting better. Take a good look in the mirror. Look at your senior prom picture. Look now, dear Lord Jesus, bless all the people who still love you, all right? And so that's, that's the way it is. Our, our, it's ours, our, our outer self, but we all have that in common. Paul wanted us to know our outward self, it is wasting away. It's neither good or bad. It is what it is. It's part of living on this side. You and I are both going to walk through it. You and I are both going to face it. Every time I sign up for something online and I have to put in my credit card and it asks me to scroll down to my birthday, it is getting farther and farther to scroll. I'm like, golly. All right, you just keep going, right? Well, our shell's corruptible. But look at number two. I have a powerful God who's sustaining his life within me have a powerful God who's sustaining his life in me, meaning while my outer shell is corruptible, God is doing work in me. Look at the way he says it. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Which you could take to mean the more corrupted my shell is, the more you see Jesus in me right see there's a thing that visits our lives and sickness none of us would choose it none of us want it nobody asks for it sometimes you walk through it or a family member walks through it what's God's purpose in sickness well, the same purpose in sickness as it is in health. And I want you to write this down in number two, that people would see Jesus in us. That's what it's ultimately all about. A, a, a good, good friend of mine, his old pastor, he's passed away now. He wrote this. He said, the body is God's magnifying glass, glass through which Jesus is visible to the world and is made known, sometimes through sickness, sometimes through healing, Christ is to be magnified in everything. He wants to be seen in our corruptible self. He wants to be made known. Does God allow sickness in this world? The answer to that is yes. Does God heal sometimes? The answer to that is yes. And we live in the tension in between. And it's not resolved. I can name you a lot of people that walked away from the church when God didn't answer like they thought he would. 
when my mom was diagnosed last May with cancer, I didn't know in three weeks, four weeks, she was going to be gone. And did I pray that God would heal? You bet I did. Was I ticked that he didn't? You bet I was. But here's what we know. Here's what we know. Our inner self is being renewed day by day that even in the middle of our stuff, God is at work. And sometimes when it seems like he is most absent, He's taken a day off. He hadn't paid attention. He let the class run out on the playground and didn't go check on them. When it feels that way, he is still at work in our hearts. So to make sure we're all on the even playing field here and there's not a more spiritual side of the room than the other side of the room. How many of you have had a point in your life where it felt like God was absent? Raise your hand. We're all, we're all even. Was he? No. Just felt that way. Were there times Paul sat in prison it seemed like God was absent? Probably. But Paul just kept reminding himself, though my outward self is wasting away, inwardly he's renewing me day by day. No matter what I'm walking through, here's what he was saying, no matter what I'm walking through, I'm gonna let people see Jesus through me. That's what he was saying. Number three. I have a loving God who's preparing a better future for me. I have a loving God who's preparing a better future for me. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I want you to write this down under number three. Bold it, stamp it, underline it, circle it, and please remember it. We were not created to live here forever. Would you write that down? We were not created to live here forever. We have to remind ourselves of that. Why? Because we forget it because this is all we know. And that's not saying poo-poo on us or we're bad people. That's all we know. Paul's reminding us and he's saying, I'm telling you, whether we get what we want and our prayers answered like we're, it, we want it answered, this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an even greater glory. Here's the hard part. I hadn't been to heaven. I hadn't seen it. I read about it just like you have. I hadn't been there, come back, and I've got a great story for it. I, I haven't. If I had, I would be on the road making some money, all right? And so, but I haven't. I, I've just got faith like you've got faith. We weren't meant to live here forever. You remember a story? It's a great story. So let's talk about this real quick. So there's all kinds of ways to think about Jesus it's really hard for us to think about Jesus having friends. But Scripture said he had friends. He had three of them. We know their names. Mary, Martha, and their brother. Do you remember his name? Y'all aren't sure. You're going, you've already used Jesus. I'm not sure what the other answer is. All right, so the name was Lazarus, all right? So you didn't do as well as 930. I'm a little disappointed. But anyway, so his name was Lazarus. So Lazarus got sick. One of Jesus's Friends got sick. You'd think, man, if you're a friend with Jesus, sickness wouldn't visit you, would it? 
I mean, really? If you're close to Jesus, it's all going to be good, right? It's like teams that go, that's not fair that you pray with that team. Listen, if I, all my prayers got answered, I would have never lost a game. I'd be playing the major leagues, all right? And so it doesn't always work out so well. So you got Mary, Martha, Lazarus. Lazarus gets sick. Here's the crazy part, nutty part of the story. They send word to Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick. Will you come? And Jesus tarries for four days. Means he waits for four days. Lazarus dies. Jewish legend was, well, the spirit would stay with the body for three days. Jesus shows up on the fourth day, so now Lazarus' spirit in their world was gone, and their mind was gone. And, and Jesus shows up, and as he shows up, Mary and Martha are waiting on him, particularly Martha was waiting on him. And she says this to Jesus, and I'm telling you, she voiced what we've all wanted to say to him. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But remember, they're friends. Jesus, seriously? You healed that guy? You won't heal my, my brother? You should be ashamed of yourself. Now, she didn't say that. That's the Mike version. But she meant it. That's what she's feeling. My mom was Martha, all right? So I know how Martha acted. I know what Martha said because I grew up around her. All right, and so I can't believe that. It's really interesting Jesus' response, too, because... Mary comes out and sweet Mary comes and I know that broke Jesus' heart and, and he said, you know that I'm the resurrection and the life and he who believes in me, even though he dies, he shall live. Do you believe this? We do. Then they go to the tomb. Remember that? They go to the tomb. Well, evidently, y'all don't remember it. Nobody knew Lazarus' name. So here's the story, all right? They go to the tomb. Fill in the blanks for you because I'm not sure what y'all know. And so they go to the tomb. They go to the tomb. And shortest verse in all of Scripture on the way to the tomb and right there outside the tomb, the Bible says that Jesus wept. Interesting, isn't it? Yes or no question. Did Jesus know he could raise Lazarus from the dead? Yes or no? Did he know where Lazarus was, yes or no? Why did he cry? Well, we don't know. Lots of interpretation. He wept for Mary and Martha and her family, potentially, no doubt. He wept because he hadn't been there in time and he saw the hurt they were in, yeah, potentially. Nobody really knows. But did he weep because he knew where he was bringing Lazarus back from? Potentially. Did Lazarus die again, yes or no? Yes. So Jesus was bringing him back from something he was about to experience again. We don't know when, but... See, he understood eternity, and his view of life was very different than ours. He understood this was a light, momentary thing. Number four. I have a sovereign God who wants me to trust his heart when I can't see his plan. And you know what? Sometimes we can't see his plan. We just can't. It doesn't make sense. We don't understand it. We don't. All right, let me answer a question for you.
Mike, is God mad at me when I question? No. He just don't want you to stay there. Mike, does God hate me when I don't get it? No. But there's a word that runs from the beginning of Scripture. It runs to the book of Revelation. And it's the, it's the, it's the track all of us are making. But sickness in this world exposes it more than anything else and it makes it harder and the word is trust do I trust him when I can't see his plan you let me do life I'm driving down this afternoon to see my mom and dad if I got to choose I get to choose Can God heal you? Bet you he can. Have I watched God heal? You bet I have. Have I seen times he chose not to? Yes, I have. All of them are about this word called trust. But here's what I will tell you. If you and I will allow God to work in us day by day, Sometimes these seasons we wouldn't choose are the seasons he teaches us the most. If there was never rain and always sunshine, that's how people find deserts, isn't it? We just don't choose rain. We don't choose storms. But sometimes, sometimes, if we will allow it, those things are blessings. God uses us powerfully to help someone else's faith. Listen to this song, would you?
think of the the dad who showed up at Jesus he brought his son and he said Jesus I want you to heal him and Jesus looked at him and he said do you believe and the dad probably gave one of the most honest statements all ever recorded in scripture he said I do believe help me with my unbelief I think that's where we all live I, I think you're here this morning because you believe but God help me when I don't I don't know where you're at today. Literally, truly. This was written six months ago. God knew you'd be here. He knew what you needed. He wrote all these things so that we do not lose what? Heart. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. He is more near than anything you could ever understand. And he has you. Would y'all join us in a word of prayer? 
if you're in here today and you say, Mike, you're just overwhelmed by the stuff of life. Maybe it's something that you're walking through. Maybe it's something that a family member is walking through. Say, man, Mike, today, I I don't want to lose heart. I don't want to miss what God's trying to do here through me or through a family member, but but I'm just in that point. I'm where the dad was. God, I do believe, but man, I need you to help me with my unbelief. If that's you here today, would you just stand up right where you are today? Nobody's going to come get you. Nobody's going to bother you. not picking you out of the crowd. Just stand up right where you are. There's people, I, I promise you're not alone. I promise you. I've asked Steph to pray over you guys today to pray that encouragement and that peace and that strength that only God can provide. Steph, would you pray for us? As we go to God in prayer today, I just want to take a minute and um, this is Mike gave us a moment as we began the service, just as we're wrapping up today and I can hear the emotion in this room and I, I know it's probably there in True North and online as well. I don't believe so much the posture of of our body matters this morning, whether you're standing or sitting, but the posture of your heart. And so maybe you need to reach a hand out to somebody standing near you. Maybe you need to kneel at your seat. Maybe you need to grab the hand of your friend or your spouse or whoever is there near you. Just like Mike, I don't know why you're standing this morning. I don't know what has knocked on your door, whether it's been divorce or death or destruction. But God, for these that have stood, God, and have said publicly, God, I need you today. Lord, would you show up in such a way right now for them, God, that it is just a tangible feeling around them. God, that you're close. And God, maybe there are people in here today who say, I don't even know if I should stand. I don't even know how to pray. What do I even say? What do I even do? Scripture says the Holy Spirit groans for us when we don't even know the words. And so God, this morning, would you just, would you meet us in those dark and secret places, Lord, that we never, we never talk about, that we never share, that we never admit God, in our brokenness, in our emptiness, in our unbelief. Scripture says that we walk by faith and not by sight, but God, we are human. And it's so hard not to see what is coming. It goes on to say, but be of good courage. And so, God, this morning as we as we stand here and in these other rooms and online, God, would you just fill us with your courage, God, with this unshakable faith that we've talked about now for so many weeks, God. And Lord, no matter where we are in our story, would you remind us of your goodness and your graciousness as we continue to walk through it? And may we use our stories, God, to not only draw our own hearts closer to you, God, but to draw the hearts of others who need a word closer to you. 
God, we thank you so much for your time, for your presence, for your love, for your goodness. Thank you for being here with us today. It's in your son's name I pray, amen.